0: Will you praise the Lord for his goodness always? Turn with me in the book of Acts. Chapter number one. Acts chapter number one. Let's read, if you will, verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Brother Richard Good, do the honor. Amen, amen. I got to thinking about this message and I got to thinking how many of us realize we've been promised some things in this word. I believe that most Christians that I know of don't know the promises of God. They ain't got a clue most folks. What God truly has promised him. And if you don't have any clue of what he has promised you, how are you going to utilize it? How are you going to say, God, you promised it? But most of the promises of God come with a condition. If you keep my commandments, if you keep my statutes, So we want the promises of God without being godly. Say amen right there. He said wait for the promise of the Father. Well, that hurts our feelings right there because first of all, we don't like to wait. We really don't like the waiting. So we don't know the promises of God. We don't know how long sometimes it takes for God to, to manifest his promises. Some of them are instant. Some of them are not. So when we have to wait on something. It tries on our nerves. Say amen. I mean really gets on our nerves. Don't it? You can't even wait in a red light. I'm talking about myself. I ain't talking about you. I want to call the maintenance department. and Say hey this light is stuck. It ain't working right. And while you're arguing with it, it turns. Acts chapter number 2, verse number 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear, What was that promise? Promise of the Holy Ghost. Brother Chris, a lot of folks I know of are scared of the ghost. They go to a horror movie and sit right through it, but they're scared to death of the Holy Ghost. They don't understand the Holy Ghost. They don't understand the movement of the Holy Ghost. They don't understand the function of the Holy Ghost. But he promised us A Holy Ghost. And for those that are saved and sanctified and filled with it, it's a comfort to you. (laughs) But now to them that's lost, it's unnerving. Do you want that kind of promise in your life? Let me help you somebody tonight. You know the reason a lot of folk are not doing what they're supposed to be doing with God? Because they're afraid of the Holy Ghost of God. They're afraid that the Holy Ghost of God will have them standing on their head gargling BB, talking in a language and their hair looking like Don King and them running and jumping and shouting and praising God. And they don't want that. They don't want to look peculiar. They don't want to be different. They're satisfied, fitting in. But the Holy Ghost in your life will make a difference in you. If the Holy Ghost is in your life, And I do say is in your life. If he is in there, he has already made a difference because you became a new creature. How many of us tonight will receive that promise of the Holy Ghost? We don't like that, do we? Mm, God help us. Verse 39 while we're there. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You are you with me? Verse forty. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Are you with me? See, the Holy Ghost is to help you save yourself. You know know what a lot of folks think? They think, oh, I come to an altar and pray and God's going to force me and make me do everything else. No, friend. Salvation is of the Lord, but you have a big part in it. Got to be willing. You got to be wanting. You got to have a desire. God ain't going to force nothing on you. Oh, I got saved when I'm five. I'm okay. Are you? Are you? Did you really get saved? Listen, I believe if you really got saved, you can't drink beer without conviction. I don't think you can take dope without conviction. I don't think you can be unholy without conviction. Why? Because that Holy Ghost is going to convict you if he's in there. But... But we don't believe in the Holy Ghost, do we? Are you with me? You know something tonight? The Holy Ghost was given not for troubling you. No, it's not to trouble you. Yes, he will convict you when you're wrong. But it's supposed to be a comfort to you because somebody told you, hey, that's wrong. That's a guide. Chapter number 7. Verse number 17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose which knew not Joseph. Are you with me? Our country... Probably up until the nineteenth century, had a lot of godly leaders. But it seemed like had the nineteenth century, every other one, if not two or three back to back, was ungodly. And as the leader of our country, and they said a king here, knew not Joseph. They forgot that promise. When a when a man will lay his hand on the Bible to be sworn into office, that's a sacred thing. Amen. That's a promise you're making to God. That's an oath that you're giving. And with that right hand, right in the law, some of the laws that we have in our land today. I, I wanted to say it this morning, and I'll say it tonight, during Sunday school as we were... Talking, you know the reason that Roe versus Wade was overturned, right? Of course, we know that it's God's prophetic calendar being put in play. I know that and I understand that. But that ain't why our government wanted it. Our government wanted it so they didn't have to fund it. For the love of money is the root of all evil. When they enacted it 50 years ago, they didn't realize how much it's going to cost them. They just got a few votes 50 years ago and all down through the year, and now it's got to the point oh, uh, the federal government can't afford this, so we'll pass it to the state. Then we'll force the state. Are you listening? Oh, if you want our federal funding, you'll have to agree with what we say. Woo! When the changing of guard, the king knew not Joseph. There was a big change in the land, wasn't it? Yep. Isn't it funny that <laughs> we probably get thrown off there for this? Isn't it funny they say that they are Christians and their are churches, but ain't none of it lines up with the Word of God? Amen. I got a promise for you. I got a promise from this Word to you. And you need to hear it tonight, America, and people in churches that are condoning these things, you will be judged. For every deed done in the body, whether good or evil, we will stand in judgment. And if it's not under the blood, you will hear the words, depart, I never knew you. So, what is the promise of God? The promise of God is if you hold true. Paul said, if you endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm not here to argue with you were they saved or they lost or they backslid. I'm just saying they ain't living right. And if they ain't living right, it might be a good chance they never was right. I've seen that more times than not. Everybody can put on a little act for a little while. Hello? But that inner being will come out eventually. Acts chapter 13, verse number 23. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Why did you read that particular scripture, preacher? Well, let's back up, if you will, in verse number 22 there. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, Now listen, I have found David, the son of Jess, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God according to his promise raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. From the lineage of David came Jesus. Stay with me now. That was a promise. That was a promise. Now he said David was a man after his own heart. Stay with me. I don't want to lose you. We know David messed up. So what does that tell you and I? We're going to mess up. We are. Hey, we're human, we're flesh, we're blood. You say, "Oh, preachers never mess up." That's a real joke. When did they stop becoming flesh? When did they become robots? Listen, the best program robot in the world still makes a mistake. <laughs> Oh, when we get computers, it's all going to be perfect. I can remember when it first started coming on the scene, going to do away with paper. You better have paper backups, all I'm going to (laughs) say. You better have a lot of paper backup. Verse 24, when John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Are you with me? Say amen. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God... To you is the word of this salvation sent. Are you with me? Say amen. Who was it sent to? To all of us. I want to help somebody tonight with the promises. That's what I'm preaching on. Do you realize that a lot of folks don't think God promised it to them as individuals? They don't think they're worthy. They don't think that they have done enough. Listen, you'll never do enough. You cannot merit the favor of God. It was a promise. A promise. Are you with me? Just a promise. If you love God with all your heart, body, soul, and mind, he'll give you that promise. Hello? I I just wonder how many people in 2023 will even try to collect On the promises of God. (laughs) Did the word tell you prosper and be in good health? All right. You believe the word? Do you really believe the word? Look at verse 32. And we declare unto you glad tidings how that the promise which was made unto the fathers. Are you with me? God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalms, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm glad that promise continues on. Oh, there's a crowd out there right now living under the Old Testament. Yeah, they're promoting it. Oh, we got to get back to the Old Testament and start sacrifice. If you do that, I said, if you do that, you made the life of Jesus Christ null and void. He was the final sacrifice God ever needed because He was complete, He was sinless. Amen. Amen. Acts 23. Are you there? I'm not. These old fingers. He's awful quick with that, wasn't he? Acts 23 and verse number 20. And he said, The Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldest bring down Paul tomorrow into the council as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. Now listen to me. Are you with me? Say amen. But do not thou yield unto them. For there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men, which have bound themselves with an oath, that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him, And now are they ready looking for a promise from thee. Preacher, what's that got to do with what you're preaching tonight? When you go to relying on the promises of God, there are going to be a lot of folks that don't like that. They want to call you crazy and weird. Bring down Paul. We want to kill him. Why? Let me give this a few highlights and we'll go home. First of all, Paul was a Pharisee. Now, for you that may not know it, that was an elite club. I mean, you had to be really high ranking to get in that club. And that club was kind of like a peacock strutting around because they were Pharisees oh, we know more than you. We are so close to God, we can walk on water. That's the type of crowd that was. Well, when Paul was converted, that crowd said, we can't have this. He's still going around saying, hey, look, I was a Pharisee. He didn't like that I was deal. So they was lying in wait to kill him and they're looking for a promise that you will deliver him down this way so we can. So preacher, what's that got to do with us today? The devil's crowd will promise you anything. Amen. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that beer commercials show the best highlights ever? Ever. I, they don't never show death, they don't never show broken homes, they don't never show car wrecks. No, they just show mountain streams, and everybody that's got a Budweiser in their hand gets the prettiest woman. yeah, yeah, they some of you so ugly the case wouldn't help you, even on a commercial, but that's the devil the devil will promise you anything Amen. to entrap you. Yeah. So when you get down on your knees and you're sick and you're afflicted, and you say, God promised me, and the devil say, uh-uh. No, he didn't promise that. What did he do to Eve in the garden? Are you sure that's what God said? I don't believe he said it quite that way. Let's, let's look at this thing. He knows if you eat of this root, you're going to be as smart as he is. You can't die just eating that fruit. Look at it. It looks so good. And he made it sound good. It looked good. And they ate. How many buy in to the devil's crowd in this world? Uh, We were talking this morning about fentanyl overdoses. Now listen, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. But if you tell me that in your county that some drug is killing people, why would I want to take it? Even if I was hooked on it. I, I, that Years ago, years and years ago, there was some bad white liquor came through Mary. And you one or two, put a bunch of them in the hospital. And everybody said, we ought to go get us some. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, you're saying that, that you're better than everybody else. It can't kill you. Good friend of mine was an alcoholic and he never drunk a drop for eight months, nearly killed him. I mean, hit nearly. He, he come so close to death that his wife, his children, called me and said he ain't going to make it. The doctor told his wife, said he ain't going to make it. He's drunk too much of it, it's going to kill him but God inspired him. And I thought, now listen, I'm still, I'm trying to help us tonight. Why would you want to take drugs from somebody that ain't got no teeth in their head, look like death eating a bologna sandwich, dropped out of school, ain't got a job, And they're mixing brake fluid and everything else. And you're stupid enough, you're stupider than they are. Oh, I got to get some of that. Yeah. You might get some of it, but it might be the last getting you got. But God's promises. God's promises, the Bible said, is yay and amen. Everything God promised you is for your benefit but we ain't in no rush to run and get it. Amen. I've got help for the drug addicts. Do you see them knocking my door down to get it? Do you see us having to hold the doors back because we're over capacity? Can't go in today, we're full. have come back next week. And by the way, America, I have never figured out God help me to put this right. How you can have a drug program to where you give them free drugs of what they're hooked on. That has never made no sense to me. I've got a good friend. His son was hooked on drugs. Now listen. Couldn't get him to work in a pie factory. Couldn't get him out of the bed till 1 or 2 o'clock and when he got up he went straight got drug somewhere and was back in bed and they caught him and they put him on the drug program Richard he got up every morning at 5 o'clock and stood in line to get his free drugs that don't make no sense and he went through the whole drug program and went doing just what he was always doing. They'll only give it to you free for so long you're supposed to be decreased. Well, when he's decreasing there, he's increasing somewhere else. And I thought all you're doing is supplying his habit. That don't make no sense, Folks. But the promise of God is, he said, if you come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Amen. He said, I'll make a new creature out of you if you believe the promises. That's hard for us to believe. We'd rather believe some dope addict that ain't got no respect, ain't got no education, ain't got nothing love at all for anybody. All he has a love for is another dollar. Does everybody know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about El Chapo? The Mexican drug lord. When they raided his house, he had rooms full. Floor to the ceiling to the door stacked in $100 bills. Rooms! And he still wanted more and more and more. Now, let me see if I can close this without getting killed. Isn't it funny, listen to me carefully. Isn't it funny that a drug addict will get up at 4 o'clock to be in line by 5 o'clock? Are you listening? To get his drug of choice free. And we can't get people to church by 11 o'clock. That's funny, isn't it? Let Let me tell you my point of view on that they aren't hooked on Jesus. If they were hooked on Jesus, they'd be in line to get some of him. We had a lot of Jesus in the house this morning. I get hooked on that. I mean, when we get a double dose like that, I want another double dose. And I'll line up to get it. But it has always amazed me that folks can't seem to get addicted to Jesus. The best thing that ever happened to him because of the promises he gave. I thought about this, and I'll close. Brother Vernon Powell, his brother, he was taking his brother's two children to church. Brother Vernon's brother was not a church goer. He got mad and told Vernon one day, he said, Don't come back out of these children no more. I don't like what you're teaching them. Now listen to me. Brother Vernon said, What don't you like? You don't like me teaching them to honor your father and your mother? You don't like me teaching them to respect? You don't like me teaching them to love? What is it that I'm teaching them that you don't like? And he called his brother's name. Said his brother walked off. What he was saying was, and truth was, you're teaching these children, these children are bringing it home, I can't handle it. Holy Ghost is bothering me when they come in talking about this Jesus and this love and this mercy. See, God said a little child will lead them. Jesus said, don't forgive them to come to me. Yeah. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like him. Now think about it. Not to even mention that millstone around your neck. Yeah, think about that. So what about the promise that God gave us? Listen now, let's close the service tonight and listen. God said, if you were faithful, He'd be faithful. That's a promise you can rely on. Let me tell you why you can rely on that promise. God can't lie. He can't lie. Now let me help you. I'm trying to close. When Joseph was thrown in the ditch and left for dead are you with me? when I first started reading that story that made me mad my brothers throw me in a ditch and leave me for dead I believe it was Benjamin wanted to get him out and here come a caravan they sold him into slavery well see you and I look at that story and we get mad as a bull because of what's happening but we can't see the big picture See, God had to put him in that condition, put him in that place to help his brothers and his family down the road. Then he went. Of course, you know the story. King's wife had him locked up. The baker. All those things happened to him. And to me, I'm getting more brokenhearted the more I read of it. This guy ain't done nothing and he's thrown in the ditch, sold in slavery. King's wife rats on him. The baker don't help him and all these things come to pass. Madder than a bull, wouldn't you? But he never lost God in that whole situation. I forget how many years. You might be smart enough to remember. It it was twenty or twenty five years that he was in that situation before it come to pass that his brothers had to come to him somewhere in that neighborhood. That's a long time, folks. That's a long time. Now listen, he'd been so long, his brothers didn't even notice who he was. He had grew up. And I'm sure the culture he was in influenced his dress. But it was all for God's glory. See, God's promises is, if we endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And believe me, it's an endurance program. It's an endurance program. Everything doesn't go my way for sure. Everything at church don't happen like I'd like for it to. I mean, if it was my way this morning, they'd been two or three got saved. If it had been my way this morning, we'd have stayed about three o'clock, four o'clock, shouting because they got saved. But see, God's promises sometimes takes a little while. The greatest promise he ever made us, listen to me and I'm done. The greatest promise he ever made us was if we accept Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. You know the only thing wrong with that, Chris? We have to die to receive the prize. (laughs) Now think about it. How's the old saying go? Die twice, live forever. Die once, die forever. Because if you can't remember when you died in the altar, you will die eternally. So, what about the promises tonight? I see all the young in here tonight excited about it. They're hollering and carrying on. Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the next one who knows you never know I, I was watching Little Ryder there a while ago he is looking up at Kristen then he'd look up at Chris then he was looking up at Dave and Kristen and, and I could see his wheels are turning in that little mind that seed was planted that seed was planted we have a promise that if time carries on God will call on these young men. These young ladies might be the wife of a man of God. We've got those kind of promises. Let's stand together. My question to you tonight is what promise will you believe God for this year that you did not believe Him for last year? What promise? Are you with me? What promise? What promise will you believe God for that you haven't believed Him for already? In Acts 26, verse 1, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem known all the Jews which knew me from the beginning if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. Are you with me? Say amen. Under which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be, though, a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? He's saying, I was raised in the strictest sect. They knew that. He said, I, I'm not concerned about answering. I'm glad I can answer for myself. What about your promises? You'll answer for them. Every head bowed, never eye closed, just for a moment. Father, help them to see tonight through your eyes. Help them to see, God, that the promises of God was given that, Lord, that we might understand them and, Lord, that we might have them and use them for thy glory. Father, sometimes we forget your promises. Sometimes, Lord, we just believe it's for others and not for ourselves. So, Father, you take my effort here tonight to speak to your precious people about the promises of God. Let it be so that you would be glorified in Jesus' name, amen.